Thank you, Sharon, for that beautiful prelude this morning. Good morning and welcome to our worship service here at First Church of New Knoxville. Uh, We're so glad that you're able to join us this morning, whether you're here in person, listening on the radio, or watching on Facebook Live. We're so glad that we're able to gather together and worship the Lord as one body. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Hope you all had an enjoyable holiday, even though it may have looked a little different this year than, than in normal years. We hope you were able to spend some time giving thanks to the Lord. As we talked about this past week, He is good, and His love certainly does endure forever. Um, before we know it, Christmas is here, right? And here we are on the first Sunday of Advent in 2020. A couple things along those lines I want to make for announcements this morning. I encourage you to check out the announcements in your bulletin. And, uh, and if you are watching online or listening on the radio, you can find a copy of our bulletin on our website, firstchurchnk.org. Advent devotionals that we had at the doors last week are still available. The readings begin on Tuesday, December 1st, uh, and you can get a copy uh, at the doors here. If you did not get one last week, if you'd like to pick up an extra copy to give away to a friend or neighbor or coworker, and we encourage you to do that. Again, if you're listening on the radio or watching on Facebook and would like a copy of this Advent devotional, uh, leave us a message in the church office, and we would be glad to send you a copy. Uh, we have plenty of extra copies, so, so please take us up on that offer. We actually already have mailed out a couple of them this past week, so looking forward to reading through God's Word together this Advent season. The Giving Tree is also up in the Heritage Room. For the, some of you I saw already noticed that coming in the church this morning. Uh, the gifts this year go to support the Elizabeth New Life Pregnancy Center in Sydney. Uh, so you can pick up one of the ornaments off the tree there, uh, buy the item and bring it back here to the church, place it under the tree, and we'll make sure that those gifts are, got, are, re, are delivered excuse me, to Sydney uh, this Christmas season. Again, if you are listening on the radio or watching on Facebook and you'd like to still participate, you can go to our website, firstchurchnk.org, and find a list of the items online. You can purchase them and either have them delivered to the church or delivered directly to the pregnancy center. Um, So there's still ways to participate even if you don't get an ornament physically from the tree. As I mentioned already, the sanctuary this morning looks beautiful for decorated for Advent season. I want to thank John and Deb Catter Heinrich and Shelby and Adam Rohrbaugh who volunteered to help take care of decorating this year and to spruce up the Christmas decor. It definitely looks wonderful. Also, if you noticed above the info center over there, uh, a new bit of artwork with our logo on it is hung. We received the metal cutout earlier this year as a gift from someone here in the church, and we're excited to finally see it finished and hung up for everyone to enjoy. At this point, I'd like to invite forward Pastor Tori. She's got a little bit to share about what's going on with the Sunday School Department for Advent. Good morning. Well, like Joel said, uh, today is the first day of Advent, and... You know, back in October when we were planning for the Christmas season, we weren't quite sure what things were going to look like with the pandemic and things being canceled. And a lot of things have been canceled or changed or modified. And so this year we wanted to do something extra special for our Sunday school families. And so today in the Sunday school hour, all of our families will be receiving Christmas in a box. And so what comes in this box is a kid-friendly Advent devotional for the whole family to do. There's a lot of Christmas activities in here to do as a family. Um, 
And it also has everything you need in this box to throw Jesus a birthday party on December 25th. And so we hope that these these box help, boxes help remind you of what the Christmas season is truly about. Helps We hope that it helps make it a little extra special this year and that these boxes help you celebrate, celebrate the birth of our Savior during this season. And so, kids, you'll be receiving one of these boxes in Sunday school, so make sure that your teacher hands them out to you at the end of class today. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Tori. Also, remember, uh, I believe she will be talking about Sunday school classes today, but in two weeks is our Sunday school Christmas program. It will be happening as our morning worship service. That's December 13th. Looking forward to that. Uh, but just a reminder to kids and families, um, come dressed up in your Christmas outfits next Sunday, correct? Um, December 6th for the run-through. We're actually going to record those practice times. Um, so in the event that something um, does happen and we're not able to have the Christmas program as planned on December 13th. We'll still have a video that we can put together as a backup plan. So if you have kids in Sunday school, um, please make sure they come dressed nice and in a nice Christmas outfit for next Sunday, December 6th, so that we can have that prepared as a backup plan. With that being said, again, there are plenty of announcements in the bulletin. I encourage you to check that out. Uh, this time as we continue our worship this morning, I invite you to stand and hear our call to worship read. It is from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 8. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, In the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice cries out, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. I invite you to remain standing as we sing our opening hymn, number 123 in the blue hymnals, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel.
did. So I invite Miss Maria forward for children's chat. Any children that are here with us this morning, I invite you to come up and join her at this time. Good morning. How are you guys today? Awesome. Very good. Good morning, Grant. You come sit here. Good job. All right. So we have a couple more people coming. Come on, Caroline. Look, we match today. Come up here. Yeah. All right. I think I have a couple hoagie kids coming down from upstairs, maybe. All right. So how many of you guys know who Dr. Seuss is? Do you know who Dr. Seuss is? You do? You can't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are lots of Dr. Seuss books. We all have our favorites. Well, he wrote a book called, Oh, the Places You'll Go. And it talks about the waiting place. And he describes it as a useless place where people just wait and wait and wait. Wait for the train to go or a bus to come or a plane to go or the mail to come or the rain to go or the phone to ring or the snow to snow or waiting around for a yes or a no or waiting for the hair, their hair to grow. Everyone is waiting. Do you guys like to wait? No? What are some things you have to wait for? Uh, a bus. A bus. Yep, you have to wait for the bus. What else do we have to wait for? Thanksgiving. You had to wait for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And wait for snow to drop down from the sky. Wait for Christmas and wait for snow. Are you excited for snow? Yeah, remember we made snowman. Okay. All right, so Luke said we're waiting for Christmas. Today starts that waiting time, that time where we're waiting, and we call that time Advent, okay? And in a little while, um, the Bouchons are going to light the Advent Advent wreath, okay? But we're waiting. Advent means to come. Who's coming? Jesus, yeah. Advent is a time of waiting while we're waiting for Jesus' birthday. Yeah, we wait for that. Is it is it easy to wait? No, it's, it's hard to wait. It is very hard to wait. Yep, but waiting for Jesus' return is also something that we're waiting for because someday Jesus is going to come again. Okay, so I have something for each one of you, and it's a little Advent calendar book, and it's going to help you with the waiting, okay? Each day you're going to open up a little window, and then it tells you part of the story of Jesus' birthday, and then in the back there's some other things that you can do, but this is a way to help the waiting, that goes on during Advent as we get our hearts ready to celebrate Jesus' birthday. Okay? So, waiting is hard, but we will we will we'll get through it together. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we spend time in this waiting place, we look forward with great joy to the celebration of Jesus' birth 
and to the day when he comes again. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you come down front here, I have these Advent books for you guys. Okay, come here. Caroline. Wonderful. Thank you, Maria. Thank you for that wonderful children's chat. As you mentioned, uh, this time I want to invite forward Erica and Nick Bashong and their family for the lighting of the Advent wreath. Today is the beginning of Advent, the time we prepare to celebrate Christ's birth. We are here because God promises our ancestors came true when when Jesus was born. God continues to keep his promises through his presence of the Holy Spirit. God will keep his promises to come again in glory. The scripture reading is Isaiah 9, 2, 6-7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. We light this candle to proclaim the coming of the light of God into the world. With the coming of the light, there is hope. Because of Christ, we, are not, we not only have hope for the life, but also have life eternal. Psalm 33, 17-22 A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Let us pray. O God, we thank you that Jesus brought hope into our world. You still bring hope to people through the promises of your word. Help us to be ready to welcome Jesus Christ so that we may, may think good thoughts and do good deeds so that we may be a people of hope in our world. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nick and Erica and family. Appreciate that. As we prepare our hearts to go to the Lord in prayer this morning, I want to encourage you to once again uh, take a look at the names that are represented in our bulletin and the prayers and concerns list. I encourage you to be in prayer for them uh, this week and pray especially for those that are dealing with COVID right now in our community, around our nation, around our world, as that continues to be uh, a concern for, uh, for many of us. Uh, as, as you know, there's, there's the 
the issue of COVID itself, right, and the, and the illness that comes from contracting the virus, but there's also a lot of secondary issues that are associated with it too. So don't not only pray for those that are sick and those that are uh, needing healing from that disease, but also pray for those that are struggling with isolation and loneliness and depression, that are facing job or financial insecurities. Um, there's a lot, there's a wide range of things to be praying for. Uh, and, and I encourage you as a church family to be praying for one another, our community, and our world. Our offering today is to go to support our general fund here at First Church. Uh, if you're able to give on your way out of the sanctuary here today, we encourage you to do that. As if you'd like to give online, the option is available, of course, on our website as well. And uh, as the praise team comes forward for our next praise song, I do want to make one more note about communion this morning. As you can see, we will be serving communion. Uh, we will be doing it, I want to say a little differently, but it's actually a little bit more like we used to do it. We will be serving you in the pews this morning instead of inviting you forward to come to the altar. Uh, the elements will be distributed to you in the pews. Uh, but one just, just quick note about that. Uh, I want to just share now before, uh, before we serve communion. Uh, when the bread comes around, you'll notice that they are all in individual cups. So when, when the tray gets passed in front of you, all you have to do is take one of the cups, and there'll be a piece of bread inside of there. Um, and then when that is all distributed, we'll, we'll take the elements together, and then the, the, the juice will come around after that. So just a quick note about how we'll be serving communion later on in the service today. With that being said, I want to invite you now as we continue in to, to prepare hearts to go to the Lord in prayer. Let's worship him together by praising him with the song, What a Beautiful Name. I invite you to stand if you're able and join us.
Lord, what a powerful, what a wonderful name it is. Lord Jesus, it is your name that is above every other name. And it is by your name and your name alone that we are saved. And then we thank you and praise you for, for your goodness and your faithfulness towards us. Lord, we, we come to you on the, on the heels of Thanksgiving week. And we, we thank you, Lord, that for all, all that you've done and you've provided for us in the past. And we know, Lord, that because you are faithful, even when we are not, that your promises are sure and your promises will be made true, Lord, in Jesus Christ. And so we thank you for that. And, and it's in Christ, Lord, that we have hope for our present and for our future. Today, on the first day of Advent, we think about that hope. We think about the hope that we have in you and in you alone. And we know, Lord, that that hope is not based on our circumstances. And it's not based on, on our ability, Lord, to follow through. But it, our hope is rest completely and fully on you, Lord, and on your faithfulness, your justice, your goodness, and your mercy. And so, Lord, help us to remember that and focus on that this Advent season. Lord, we celebrate the arrival of Jesus Christ born into this world so that He may save us from our sins. And Lord, we also look forward to Your return when You will come and You will set everything right and You establish Your kingdom here on this earth. And so, Lord, this Advent season, help us to look back and celebrate Your birth, but also in hope, hold on to the promises, that the promise especially that You've made that You will return. And Lord, we, with that in mind, we know that we can trust You, and we know, Lord, that Your will is what is best for us. And so, Lord, we, although we may not understand it all the time, we may not see it clearly, we entrust ourselves to You and to Your will, especially our loved ones who are who are sick. We pray especially for those, Lord, that are facing uncertainty, whether it be with jobs or finances or other situations, Lord. We pray that you would help them navigate those and that you would help them to find peace in knowing that you are with them each step of the way. We pray especially this season for, for those that are dealing with loneliness and isolation, especially due to this pandemic. We pray, Lord, for your encouragement, your spirit to, to bring them, Lord, uh, a sense of belonging, even as they are maybe not able to be with family and friends as they would choose to. And Lord, we know in all things that you are, that you never leave nor forsake your people. And so encourage those who are isolated, encourage those who are lonely, Lord, knowing that, knowing that you are with them no matter where they are, no matter what they face. Lord, we pray especially this day for those that continue to be on the front line. We pray for our health care workers and our hospitals and, and, and caretakers in our nursing homes and other facilities. We pray, Lord, for, for strength. They've been fighting a, a hard fight for a long time, and we pray, Lord, that you would give them strength each day to continue to do what they do, to take care of those who need it. We pray also, Lord, for our schools, our teachers, our administrators. Uh, we pray especially for those that are uh, that are in the classroom and, and, and having to juggle, Lord, all of the, the restrictions and regulations as well as trying to pour into and teach our children. We pray especially that you would bless them at this time. And we pray for all those in authority over us, 
whether that's at work, in our schools, in our government, in our churches, Lord, that you would give them wisdom and, and humility and that you would guide them, Lord, in the direction that you would have them go. And we pray all these things in the powerful and wonderful name of Jesus who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This time I invite Maria Lammers forward for our scripture reading today. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 5 through 25. In the time of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. He will rejoice, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. And after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. 
Thank you, Maria. Let's go to the Lord in prayer again together. Father God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this Advent season when we get to once again pause and reflect on on your coming to this world. As we begin our journey of Advent together this morning, Lord, help us to see from the life of John the Baptist how you are calling us to prepare a way for you in our lives. And help us, Lord, in, in this time to, to put aside any distractions, focus on you and your word, and may you open our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So when I first introduced the, uh, the Advent devotional last week, I told you that I'd be, as we journey through Advent together, we'd be taking a look at, at selected scripture passages and themes that were outlined in that devotional for each Sunday as we read along. Now for today, we have to cheat a little bit because the readings don't begin until December 1st because they're set up on, on the calendar for December 1st through Christmas, although Advent can shift back and forth depending on when Christmas falls during the week. So we're actually here on the first Sunday of Advent, um, although we haven't quite gotten to those devotionals yet. But we will be looking ahead and taking a look at um, the passages that is outlined actually for the first reading on December 1st from Luke chapter 1. And so again, I want to encourage you to read along with us throughout the Advent season in that devotional because I'll be, as not only we'll be reading that together as a church family, but each Sunday we'll spend some time focusing on the themes that are found throughout that, throughout that devotional. So today we're looking at this part from Luke. But before that, I have to say one more thing, and that is Happy New Year. Now, did you guys know that Advent is actually the beginning of the Christian calendar? Um, this Sunday, November 29th, would technically be the first Sunday of the new Christian calendar, the new year. The Christian year always begins with the story of Advent, of Jesus' arrival. Now, for some of you, you may wish that 2020 was just done and over with, right? Wish that really we could just skip over the last month or so of this year and just move on to 2021. Can we all agree to just be done with it and move on? I wish we could, but it doesn't exactly work that way. Advent is a time of new beginnings. It's a time of hope, as you heard read earlier when the Advent wreath was lit. We could all use a little hope right now. Hope is more than just wishful thinking, though, isn't it? Hope is more than just, I wish things could be different, but I know that it will never change. Right? That's not hope. That's resignation. Right? Hope, and, and biblical hope in particular, is grounded firmly in God's promises. So it's not wishful thinking, hoping that something would change, but it's, but it's the assurance that God will fulfill His promises because God is faithful. So biblical hope is more than wishful thinking. It's the anticipation and the expectation that God will act according to His Word and according to His will. And so in Advent, we, we anticipate what we know God has promised to do. And as Maria so wonderfully put during her children's chat, it's, it's anticipation in two different directions. Right? Advent is about looking back to the birth of Christ some 2,000 years ago. When Christ was born on that faithful, in that faithful manger right, outside of Bethlehem. When, when the Christ child came into this world, right, we, in Advent, we look back at that event and celebrate the birth of our Savior. We journey along with Mary and Joseph, with Zechariah and Elizabeth, with the shepherds and the Magi. 
we witness once again the glory of the angels as they sung in the fields, glory to God in the highest, on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. But in another sense, we also look forward and anticipate the return of Christ, His second advent, because He will come again, not as a child born in a manger, but coming triumphantly as the King of kings and Lord of lords. He will come to establish His kingdom here on this earth forever. That's what we pray every Sunday when we recite the Lord's Prayer together, isn't it? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're praying for that to come true. But yet here we are right now in 2020, living between these two advents. We look back and know that Christ our Savior has been born, that He's come to set us free from our sin. Yet we also look forward knowing that He will come again to bring justice and righteousness and peace to this earth. And that does bring us hope even in the midst of our current circumstances. And so as we wait with hopeful anticipation, we can't help but look at our current situation and wonder, what is God up to in the midst of all of this? How many times have you thought that over these past eight, nine months? What is God doing with all of this? You see, we live in the already but not yet. Christ has already come, but His kingdom has not yet fully been established. And so we live in a world that is still broken and still affected by sin. And this year especially has been difficult for so many people. And as I alluded to during our time of prayer, it's not just the virus, although that's a big part of it. It's not just the pandemic, but the side effects of it as well. It's job loss. It's financial insecurity. It's loneliness and isolation, depression and other mental illnesses. Just, as, just an overwhelming sense of waiting for the next shoe to drop. How many of you have kind of just felt just this uncertainty just hanging in the air these past eight, nine months? Just wondering what is going to come next. Right? There, and, and, and it's hard to deal with that, isn't it? It's hard because we want to have a sense of certainty. We want to have a... Uh, something to hold on to that we know to be true, that we know isn't going to change on us. Especially in a year when everything else seems to be crumbling. I think of it as like the soil this year is being tilled. I know many of you are farmers, many of you are gardeners, right? What happens when you take that tiller out to the garden in the soil? The blades spin around and they break up the hard ground. And sometimes it brings stuff to the surface, right, that maybe you didn't know was hiding right below. But as that rototiller goes through and, 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 and breaks up the ground, it, it churns it. And, and what it's doing is it's preparing it for something good, for something better. This year has really kind of broken our false sense of security and comfort and brought us, excuse me, brought a lot of stuff to the surface that we've never really had to deal with before. So Advent is a reminder. Advent is encouragement for you to know that you don't have to give up. That, and I believe that God will bring some good out of this. One of my favorite passages of Scripture is tucked away in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. And the story is, it's Genesis 50 is kind of wrapping up the conclusion of the story of Joseph. 
Right? And, and for those of you who aren't familiar with the story of Joseph, he really had a lot of bad things happen to him that were completely out of his control. Right? His brothers were so jealous of him that they beat him up. We're going to leave him for dead, but instead sold him into slavery. And Joseph ended up in Egypt of all places. And while he was there, God's wisdom and guidance was with him. And he rose up in power, becoming an advisor to, to Potiphar. But it was in that situation that he was falsely accused of sleeping with Potiphar's wife. And, and was thrown into jail without any sort of trial, without any, any sort of defense, right? He was thrown in jail and forgotten about and wasted years lingering in jail for no reason besides being falsely accused of a crime. And eventually, though, he rose up in power and God guided him and provided for him in such a way that, that he rose beyond Potiphar's house and actually became second only to Pharaoh in all of Egypt. And Pharaoh put him in charge of all of the storehouses. And in doing so, God was preparing to provide not only for Egypt, but also for, his, for, for Joseph's family during a time of famine. And Joseph's brothers, thinking of him as, as forgotten and dead, right, end up in Egypt to try to buy food to provide for their family. And who do they encounter but Joseph, their long-lost brother? And, at, and, and through the conclusion of this story, Joseph tells his brothers what, what was intended for evil, right? what you intended for evil, God has intended for good for the saving of many lives. Right? What, a, what a moment of hope in a very difficult story, right? That God used even Joseph's trials, even his, his wrongful accusation, right? even his time in jail, in order to then bring good out of that situation. Right? God, you intended it for evil, but God intended it for good, for the saving of many lives. Right? I don't believe that God created the virus and the ensuing chaos that has been 2020. It's the result of a creation that's been broken by sin, by the effects of sin. But God can take our experiences, the hardship the sickness, the isolation, and use it for our good. God does want to bring some good out of this year during the Advent season. And so I encourage you to ask God to show you what He wants you to learn from all of this. Because let me tell you, if, you did, if this didn't get your attention, I don't know what will. The last thing we should do is just go back to the way things used to be. Let God bring some good out of this time. And I share all this with you today because the story of Christmas is the story of hope. It's the story of God doing something new. It's the story of God injecting hope into a hopeless situation. It's the story of light shining in the darkness and the darkness not being able to overcome it. But before the Christ child is born, someone else arrives on the scene to prepare the way for this coming king. The Gospel of Luke begins with an angel announcing the miraculous birth of a child, but it's not speaking to Mary and Joseph. The angel Gabriel first appears to a priest named Zechariah. He and his wife Elizabeth will give birth to his son at their old age, and he's the one who will prepare the way for the Lord. He will bring many people back to the Lord and set the stage for Jesus' ministry. Jesus and John are actually cousins, and the story of their births are intertwined in the first couple chapters. Of Luke. 
And in Luke 1, 16-17, it paints a pretty clear picture of what John's purpose is. It says he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. See, God sent John to prepare the way for Jesus. And if we look at John's ministry, we can see how God used him for that purpose and how God still wants to prepare our hearts to receive Jesus in the same way. And so there's three things I want to highlight for you from John's ministry that help us understand how God prepares us to receive Jesus, not only at Christmas time, but all year long. The first thing that we see in John's ministry is that he met people where they were at. We see that in Matthew chapter 3. John's ministry involved spending time in the wilderness down by the Jordan, baptizing people as, as, for repentance of sins. And there's two groups of people that John interacted with down there by the river. One group of people were the sinners, the tax collectors, those who came to John to repent of their sins and be baptized. Those that, that received that grace and that forgiveness that John was pointing, ultimately pointing to that can be found in Christ. And there was another group of people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the teachers of the law. They came down not to receive forgiveness, not to repent of their sins, but to just watch John and see what he was up to, right? And John interacted with those two groups of people in different ways. For those that needed comfort, he comforted them. For those that were ready to confess and repent, he pointed them to the forgiveness that can ultimately be found in Christ. But to those who needed to be confronted, he confronted them. They were all at a different place and all but, but, and they all needed their idols to be torn down in order for Jesus to be seen more clearly. But John was able to meet them where they were at and to speak truth into their lives where it was needed. As I mentioned before, God is, is tilling up the soil in our lives. And the question for us today is, are we paying attention? Right? Are we ready to receive what God has for us? John's... John told them to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. That's a message for both sinners and the Pharisees that they needed to hear. The only difference between these two groups is that, is that the first group knew and admitted that they were sinners, while the second group was unaware and even blinded by their own sin. They lived in their spiritual blind spots, and they needed someone to confront them and point them to the truth. And so John met people where they were at. The second thing he did was pointed people to the truth of Jesus' mission. We see that in John chapter 1, as John uh, was, was, again, ministering in the wilderness, he sees Jesus coming and walking along the road, and he says to those that are gathered there, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Right? John clearly pointed to Jesus and identified Him as the Savior of the world. He was unafraid to speak the truth even when it got him in trouble. All right, John experienced loss because of his willingness to speak the truth and stand firmly on the truth of God's Word. There was, a, in a sense, a professional loss. Many of John's disciples actually left him in order to go follow Jesus. And John actually encouraged them to do that. But there was also personal loss. John's willingness to speak boldly about the truth got him in trouble with the powers that be. When he confronted Herod's immorality, he was thrown in jail and eventually beheaded. 
Right? It's a reminder that we need to be bold and stand on the truth now more than ever. Right? In a day and age when the very nature of truth is crumbling around us, we don't want to give in to that trend. Don't give in to the temptation that truth is relative and non-binding. Because when we, when we seek the truth, when we seek to build our lives on it, that will prepare our hearts to ultimately receive Christ as Lord and Savior. And third, John knew that he needed to get himself out of the way. In John 3, verse 30, he says, He must become greater, I must become less. John knew his role. And his role wasn't to be the Savior of the world. His role wasn't to be the Messiah. His role was to prepare the way for the Lord. In other words, John knew that he needed to get out of his own way. That for God's will to be done in his life, he recognized that he must decrease and that Jesus must increase. Right at Christmas, we celebrate the incarnation, the Son of God becoming like one of us. In John chapter 1, it talks about how the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that by believing in His name, we receive the right to become children of God. See, that's what Christmas, that's what Advent is all about. About God preparing our hearts to receive Jesus. Not, not, not just as, as, as a child, right? But as our Savior and Lord. And the first thing we need to do in that is to get out of our own way. I want to close by encouraging you to, to think about three things as we journey through Advent together and how we can prepare our hearts to receive Christ as Lord. And the first thing we need to do is recognize Him as Savior of our lives. Remember why Jesus came, right? He was the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. Not just, not just other people's sins, but my sins too. Right? We often associate Christmas with, with baby Jesus, but He didn't remain a baby. He grew up, He lived a sinless life, and He died a sinner's death in our stead. That's why He came. He was born to die and he died and lives again. And all, whoever, all whosoever believes in his name shall not perish, but have eternal life. And so we need to make him Savior, but we also need to make him Lord. To be Savior is one thing. To be Lord is something completely different. A Lord is a master. It means that he's the one who's in charge. He's the one who calls the shots. It means that we must submit our lives to Him in every area of our lives, not just when it's convenient. With Jesus, it's all or nothing. As John Piper says in his devotional this week, he says, let every heart prepare Him room by cleaning house. Right? We need to recognize that there are sometimes there's things in our lives that we're holding back, that we're not allowing God to really, really have His way with. And so this Advent season, let's take time reflecting on that. And let's, let's let go of those things so that God may increase in our lives. So that Christ's will may, may work in us and through us to make us more like Him. And one of the ways that we can do that is by committing to spend more time with God this Advent season. There's no better way to prepare our hearts for Jesus than to spend time reading and meditating on His Word. So again, journey with us through Advent. Pick up a copy of that devotional and read along with us. Read it with your family. Spend time together in prayer, seeking God out and asking Him to, to prepare your heart and your mind for His arrival this season. I want to close by reading one more passage from Scripture. It's Galatians chapter 4. I want to encourage you with these words. 
But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. There's no greater gift, no greater hope than being made part of God's family. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you for this day. I thank you that we are able to celebrate your advent this season. Lord, help us to find hope in you and in you alone. Hope that's not dependent on our circumstances, but is grounded firmly in your word and your will. Help us to focus on that this morning. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.